Come on, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Come on, let's give Jesus praise this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Before you see it, let's, uh, man. I just, I was reminded of a scene in the scripture where Jesus took the uh, five loaves of bread and the two fish and he broke it. The offering of the five loaves and two fish. The boy handed it to Jesus. Jesus gave thanks. The five loaves and two bread and the five loaves and two fish were actually a first fruit. And it fed 5,000. Fed 5,000. They gave it to Jesus. He blessed it. It multiplied. I saw it so clearly. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that even as Bishop Johnson declared that this is first fruit season, we thank you, Lord, for the multiplication, Lord, that you're going to release in this season. That year 2023 is a special year. And Father, for some, it did not start out the way they wanted it, but it will end the way beyond their expectations. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you will expand our mindsets. And Father, we thank you for casting down every stronghold that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. We thank you, Lord, that even in this upcoming detox, you're going to rid us of idols so that the blessing can come a hundredfold, thirtyfold, sixtyfold. We thank you, Lord, for this special first fruit season, and we give you all the glory. We pray, Father. Lord, that you'll bless Bishop Johnson in and out, in and out. Lord, we thank you even where he is. Let the blessing catch up on him, Lord. Bless he and Lady Carolyn coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I um, you all may be seated. I am reminded how blessed I am to be married to Jane Crawford. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I am truly, truly blessed. And I, and I want to say it this way. There have been times when I didn't think I was blessed. But those times were times where God was working on me. Wasn't anything wrong with her. It was me. Amen. And I'm saying that on behalf of husbands and wives who are sitting in here right now. Because when you look back, I think Jane and I have been married for 39 years. And I can only think of the blessing she has been in my life. Amen. Come on, give her a hand. Amen. 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 This morning we had a, a time to pray and um, it was so significant when we prayed together. I knew that heaven heard our prayers. Oftentimes when I'm starting to understand this, that when Bishop Johnson asked me to preach or bring the word in his pulpit, I'm coming as one being sent. And so coming as one being sent, I'm starting to understand the nature of how God uses me. One of the ways is to help people birth what God has placed inside of them. How to, the Lord sends me when it's time to deliver the baby. Or when a person is in the middle of crossing over 
into the promise. And I believe that people here this morning, you're going to cross over into the promised land, the promise, the promise that God gave you in 2023. I believe God is releasing grace in this season to bring us all the way to the other side. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for a couple people, or I'm going to share the word of the Lord. It's interesting doing worship, the heavens open, the heavens open. When, the, when worship comes, and if you allow yourself to enter in, you can see, you can hear, you can see, you can hear. If you enter in, you can enter in. If you enter in, you see how it's, it's, it's not like you're trying to reach for heaven. You cross over into that dimension. Amen. And so because of that, I, I have a couple of words. Um, what, where's the drummer? Where's Bobby? Is he behind? Uh, if, he's, if he comes out, I pray. I, I want to give him the word of the Lord. Where's Siani? Siani, I want to give you this word. The Lord says that he is making you into a powerful prayer warrior. And the day will come when you will be like Elijah. You will be able to speak and declare the word of the Lord and the heavens will obey the word that comes out of your lips. The Lord says that he's going to cause you to become a mighty prayer warrior and spokesman for him. I see the winds of revival flowing forth from your life and I see the Lord touching you. The Lord says this first fruits coming from you. He says he hears your prayer when you talk to him and you've been talking to the Lord about your first fruits and God says there's a, there's a blessing on the other side and that your faith has come up before him as a memorial and the Lord says that you are not alone and you will never be alone and the Lord says the house you live in with your parents is a safe place is a safe place for you at all times. But God is going to begin to cause you to pray for your classmates, some of your classmates. And you're going to begin to pray and even push the plate away. And you're going to see the hand of God manifest because of your prayers. You are a woman of prayer. And the word of the Lord shall be in your lips. And it won't be that you have to wait until you're 18 and 20 to step over into what God has for you. You're going to step over in your youth. Amen. Bobby, I, I, saw, I saw you standing. I saw you uh, being brought to a place where a point in place of decision regarding your career, regarding which way you should go, even for location. And the Lord says, do not seek the easy way out. The Lord says, follow through with what he has given you vision in your heart to do. And the Lord says, do not go with the crowd, go with him. Do not go with the crowd, go with him. The Lord says that there are some people around you who, who do not mean you any good. But the Lord says also, he's placing you in the midst of men who will draw out the gift of God. Yes, you are a drummer, but you are more than a drummer. And God wants to bless the works of your hands. You've, you have wondered if you hear the voice of God. The Lord says, I speak to you in the night season. And the Lord says, throughout the days. And the Lord says, if you follow him and follow him with all your heart, the Lord says, he will bless you in your youth. And you won't have to struggle. The Lord says, I will take the struggle out of your financial life and I will bless you immensely because you seek first his kingdom. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Lisa, I heard the Lord say for you, you and Donna both, the Lord says that he is blessing, he's blessing you. And uh, Donna, the Lord says that he is causing your mindset to be rearranged so that you can accommodate the largeness of what he wants to bring inside. 
And I hear the Lord saying regarding you, Lisa, the Lord says, I heard your prayers. I heard your prayers regarding promotion. And the Lord says promotion is at hand. The Lord says that he's been preparing you for this step of graduation. The Lord says there, there's been a need for healing on the inside. Healing from the way you were brought up. Healing regarding things that you've gone through. The Lord says even now he's, he's taking the bitter waters out of your soul. And he's going to cause sweet waters to begin to flow. And, and there's a prophetic anointing on your life. And you wonder, Lord, they, they don't see it. They don't recognize it. But the Lord says that he's been taking the bitterness out so that, he, so that the gift will flow and have fruitfulness. The Lord says he has not hidden you because of something wrong with you, but he's hidden you because he's perfecting you. And the Lord says that he's going to cause blessing to flow out of your mouth towards others. And your the way you see things, your perspective of life is going to change. You're going to see life through his eyes. And you're going to lose the fear that you're going to lose your son. You're going to lose the fear that you're going to lose your children. And the counsel that flows from your husband will inform you the stance you should take. Because the Lord says, I've heard your prayers. And he's answering them even now. Amen. I heard this regarding DJ, DJ, DJ in California. And DJ, I give you the word of the Lord. The Lord says that you feel at times you've been on the ash heap. But the Lord says that he's causing a new strength, a new wind to come inside of your life. The Lord says where you felt like you've lost. He hears your prayers at night. He hears your prayers when you say, Lord, are you there? I'm wondering, are you there? Are you there? And the Lord says, I'm more than there. I'm within you. And I'm going to begin to cause the dreams I've given you in your youth to begin to come to pass. And I'm going to change some surroundings around you so that you might begin to focus and concentrate. And I'm going to show you what I placed inside of you so that you might become a voice to your generation and the generation under you. I've made you to become a voice. And you're going to speak in the language of the Babylonians. You're going to speak in the language of the Babylonians. But you're going to represent me. And the word I give you will be in their language but nevertheless, it will be my word, and it will flow and flourish. It will harvest a generation that does not know me. You will reach others that the pulpit has not been able to reach. You will have a way, saith the Lord, to gather the lost and compel them to come into my kingdom. I remember you, my son. I remember you, my son. Amen. Amen. Make sure he gets that. Amen. Lord, we just praise you, Lord. We thank you. And the, the other thing, yeah, when I was praying, I was standing here. I was standing here and I saw, I don't know if you all have ever imagined yourselves doing something like a morning talk show. You, DJ and Daryl and, um, and Chris, I saw y'all doing something on the internet that was so crazy that millions would watch. Millions would watch. I saw y'all, man, y'all were having a good time, but it was all part of the program because the word was coming through and you were dealing with popular subjects and y'all were having a good time and you, it's like you always say, I never thought it would be so easy for this to be done, but the Lord has given you all another platform, amen. Amen, come on, give the Lord praise this morning. I don't know if Promise is out there. Uh, Promise was in the, uh, the one leading the song. Precious. Princess. Oh, man, I done gave her Promise. Precious. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the word I have for you, the Lord says, I saw you moving into a different residence. 
But I also saw the Son of the Lord flowing forth out of you more powerfully than you sing the songs of others. And the Lord says, just as voluminous as the word of the Lord flowed out of David, the song of the Lord is going to flow out of you. And you're going to know the healing power of Christ as you call forth healings and miracles will begin to occur. The Lord says this is the time to renovate your prayer life, to renovate your time of seeking him. The Lord says as you begin to do that and let your focus be upon him, I see the Lord opening doors for you and I see the song of the Lord flowing from you. It will be like you would have to say, Lord, turn it off because you're going to hear the music and you're also, there's a release of words and lyrics. It's, you're going to flow like a musical prophet. You're going to flow like a musical prophet and some will call you in days to come a sweet psalmist. Praise God. A sweet prophetic psalmist. A sweet prophetic evangelistic psalmist. For souls are going to be reaped. Souls are going to be reaped. Souls are going to be reaped. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the pad I use when I'm in service sometimes, and the Lord gives me something, and I write it down because I found that I cannot trust my memory. And so, um, remind me to say something about house. Just remind me. Okay. Before I get done, I mean, right at the end. I want to tell you all something, man. I, I, I was sitting down thinking about how amazing the Lord has been to us during first fruit seasons. I remember the time of watching, and you're going to hear these people give their stories, so I'm just giving headliners. I remember when, when, when Corey was sleeping in a car in a, and moving from Atlanta, going back to Tallahassee, because he wanted to work and provide for his family and nothing was opening up for him. But I remember when, when Bishop said, give first fruits, I remember when he and Shirley came down and just threw it down and just gave it all. I remember. And the outcome of their giving, man, it, it was such, it was so precious just to see how the Lord at that time began to open up a job and then he opened up another job and then he opened up another job and when they did not have a place to stay and they ended up in, in a small, small house everything about their life changed because they obeyed God in the first fruits. I remember John Adams, oh my God. I remember the days when, when, when the job shift at the World Congress Center and he had no employment. And I remember he looked and 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 looked for employment. And the only place he could work was working um, uh, for, for the people where they hire you, uh, temporary employment. And nothing would open for him. But I remember the faith. You got to hear their story. Because their faith, their faith, oh my God. When they gave their first fruits, and they gave it consistently, and now, my God, when you look at them in their Mercedes, or when you hear about their four or 5,000 square foot house, and, and all the, the story behind that, it came because of first fruits. Oh my God, man. I was thinking about the Palmers. 
when, when the Lord had spoke so many times about giving them a house. And, and they were living in, in Stone Mountain. And I remember when they put the house on the market. Man, it wasn't but a couple of days later. Somebody bought the house, man. And they, and they were racing to get out of the house to move in the house that God blessed. Oh, my God, man. Got to sit down and hear that story. I mean, they got wonderful, wonderful adventures. I'm just saying, saying we could write a book called The Adventures of First Fruits at Metro City Church. Come on. Come on. We just need a historian to rise. Amen. I remember the Howards, man. I remember the Howards, man. I won't even go back to the days, man. I remember when they were nomadic. I remember when, when they were nomadic. And now, my God, oh, my God, you look at their grandchildren. You look at their children and how God planted them. I'm talking about the blessing of first fruits. I could go on and on, but I just wanted to whet your appetite. I believe a book of remembrance need to be written because of what has happened during seasons of first fruits. I remember one of the blessings for Jane and I happened when, when we received, my, I mean, you know something, you can get, become comfortable living a certain way and be, be, we had become comfortable renting. We became comfortable, man, we were living in a nice house, man, and, and man, we paid it on time. Man, it was, it was, but then the day came, the day came when the man came and said, hey, y'all got to get him on up out of here. And I remember I thought the world had ended. Come on. I literally, I thought, I mean, I just, I, it, it was crazy. And all I could think of was, was that we just needed, I need to find, we need to find another place to live. And so guess what? What, what I was intent on doing was finding another place to rent. And so we looked here and there, we looked here and there, we looked here and there. Man, and I, and I remember praying prayers. I rebuke you, Satan. I rebuke you. Oh, man, I was coming against the enemy. And right during that time, we were in the middle of a trial with Dean that broke his, broke his femur. And so we were tending to Dean, and we were looking for a house. Man, and we, man I remember there was a house in the neighborhood we lived in. And we knew we qualified for it. And we, and we, man, everybody was able to make an appointment with the people to look at the house. We make an appointment, nobody ever called. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever called. And the clock was ticking away. And I was just wondering, man, why, 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 why? And so I remember it, it was getting down to the wire. And Jane, I remember Jane mentioned, she said, why don't we buy a house? And then the real estate agent said, have y'all thought about buying? And I don't know why that never hit my mind. And so we decided to go down that road. And when we went down that road, we ended up at 1568 Greensboro Way. When the Bible talks about people putting good things in the house. Oh man, they left all manner of good things inside of the house. I know it was first fruits. I know it was first fruits. Even when I thought, well, you know, and the miracle of this, the miracle of this was that the Lord got us into that house before the interest rates went up. I mean, it was a couple of months later when the prices of houses went up and he was pushing us out. I didn't realize it was God. And sometimes you're in a trial. Sometimes you're going through and you, and you think it's the devil, but it was God. He was trying to get us out into the place of blessing. Oh, my God. Stories can be told. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. I remember when the wind, when, when Herbert Wynn left UPS. I remember he left UPS, I think right at the age of 50. I remember he left, and I remember, man, and I think Beverly was still working, and they went ahead and bought 
and paid for a house in cash. Oh, man. If God can do it for someone else, he can do it for you. We're, when we start talking about first fruits, we find that first fruits is, we need to say and start saying the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits is found in the word of God. God the Father is the source of all life, blessing, and purpose. The word Father actually means foremost principle. Embedded in the word Father is the principle of the first. The scripture says that Jesus Christ, the firstborn son of the Father, Romans 8, 29, that he was the firstborn from the dead of all who have died. 1 Corinthians 15, 23. The Bible says that he is Alpha and Omega. He's the true Alpha and the true Omega. Amen. He's the only one authorized to call himself Alpha, Lord Jesus. I don't get no, we don't give the Lord praise for that, but that's true. Amen. The Holy Spirit is called the first fruits because he's the down payment. He is the guarantor of our inheritance. So if you like the Holy Spirit as the down payment of our inheritance, I wonder what our inheritance looks like. Come on, saints. Then the Lord turns around and says that we are the first. He calls you and I. He says that we are the first fruits of God. The church of the firstborn. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the 22nd verse. That we are the firstborn among many other brethren. Romans 8, 28, James 1, 8. Our revelation of first fruit will grow as our revelation of our identity of being God's first fruits grows in our hearts because we are his first fruits. I was looking at this whole thing about the principle of first fruits as Bishop Johnson was talking from the book of Genesis. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person I like to examine things. When people say something, I need to look it up myself. Is that I don't believe you, but I just need to be able to see it myself. The Bible says that God says that the church at Berean were considered to be noble because they searched the scriptures to see if those things were true. And so we find the word Genesis, Genesis, the first book of the Bible, but the word Genesis actually means first fruits. <laughs> when he says in the beginning God created the heavens and earth the word beginning is not time related it is priority related in fact it was saying when he says in the beginning he was saying at the height at the highest priority God preeminently created the heavens and earth So when we look at first fruits, within every first fruits, my God, I named this message, the future is in the seed. It is. Within every first fruits, the entire future is present. When Jesus was offered up, as the sheaf or the first fruits before the Father, the Father saw the future, the harvest of you and I. The tithe, the tithe protects what you make. The tithe protects the maturation of the blessing. 
But when you bring your first fruits before the Lord, you're saying, God, I value you. The future, the procurement of the future is in the rendering of the first fruits. Now, some of you have, one thing I do, if I don't understand it, sometimes I just won't say anything. And sometimes if I don't understand something, I will search it out or I will talk to someone that I know. God has wired me to research. I've been looking at this, man. This the song that you all sung, the song that Chris sung, Victory. Say it again. I got it, I got it. I was down in the office, down the hall, and I heard the sound of that song. It started prophesying to my heart. I did not know the words. I did not know the nature of it. But I do know that this is what God wants to do in this season, where each and every one of us will be able to say, I got it, I got it, I got it. Victory, victory, victory is mine. It is the heart of the Father. I believe God's heart right now is towards men and women in this house who have prayed and have not seen what they consider the outcome, the, 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 the answer. But God refuses to be a debtor to any man. And God is not slight concerning his promises. He says, this is the confidence that we have that if we ask for anything in accordance to his will, he will do it. He says that the Father is glorified through answering our prayer. So we're not trying to overcome the reluctance of God. The Bible says, he says, God wants to bless us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think for. And that word think actually means imagine. But the problem I think we run is, he says, in accordance to the power working inside of you. Our, often our mindsets set the boundaries of the extent of the blessing of our increase, my brother. It's our mindsets, Frederick. Our mindsets that are so set on the past and what has happened that literally places a ceiling on what God wants to do because we cannot release our faith to see it because we have entombed the dream that God has for us. Some of us right now sitting in here, it's the mindset. See, it was my mindset. I lived in that house for nine years. It was a nice house, a lovely house, but it didn't have Yule and Jane Crawford on it. And sometimes the Lord has to shake things up. He has to make you uncomfortable. It was like God was running us down to put the blessing in our hands. Everything changed when I said to Jane, I, I agreed, yeah, we need to go. We need to go. And we went ahead. And I want to tell you something. It was the easiest loan, my God. It was easy. Oh, my God. It was easy. Sometimes our mindsets make us think that we're going to be turned down. That the door will not open. But I'm telling you, my brother, the day will come where you will sell property. The day will come where you will have your hands on real estate. The day will come when you will show houses to others. 
The day will come where you will broker property. The day will come where you will have your own property. The day will come where you will have land and live in a house that no one else has ever lived in. The day will come where your own siblings and brothers will look at you and begin to respect you as they did Joseph. The Lord says, don't, don't, don't. The Lord says, don't mind what they say. You go ahead and finish the preparation. You go ahead and finish the preparation. Keep your mouth closed. Don't, don't even return tit for tat. The Lord says, I'm building a testimony. I will make you the lender and not the borrower. Can some of y'all feel that shift? It's the mindset. It's the mindset. It's the mindset that makes you think that God doesn't want better for you. That, that you're locked into this job. I enjoyed the testimony because she broke through the mindset. The mindset. The mindset. I'm trying to remember so I can understand my writing. Yeah, just because somebody called you incompetent, just because somebody called you stupid, your husband that you were married to may have said that you're stupid, incompetent, you can't manage money, or, or, or the, the, the parent, your dad may have called you names. But just because they called you a name, that doesn't mean that's the name that God calls you. You got you to find out the name he's calling you. Incompetent is not in his vocabulary. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh my God, it's about identity. All right, we got to get on out of here. And so, last week Bishop Johnson was, uh, we, we're still talking about the principle of first fruits. The principle of first fruits was instituted before time. Bishop Johnson talked about, um, he says, the scripture says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being still dead, still speaks. So I started wondering, Lord, what was the, what was, Abel gave his first fruits. What was the future behind his first fruits? The future sounds like Enoch. The future sounds like Methuselah. The future sounds like Noah. There was a righteous seed that followed Abel. Bishop just concluded the series on Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. But first fruits is all written on that story. Because what happened, God, when God sent Joseph to Egypt, it was like God offering, releasing Joseph as his offering. And because Joseph was offered, it secured the future of the entire family. Inside of that family was the lineage of Jesus Christ. Inside of that family were the families of the 12 apostles. Come on, saints. I don't know if y'all... This thing messed with me. And then... And then... <laughs> man. Say it right. Okay. Yeah. And then Joseph came to Jacob one day and had Ephraim and Manasseh standing by him. And he offered his sons to Jacob. 
See, it's the blesser, it's the greater that blesses the lesser. That phrase came from Bishop Johnson. And so when Jacob was, the scripture says he was about blind. But Jacob said, the Lord had already spoken to me. I'm going to elevate your two sons and they're going to become my sons. They're going to substitute Levi and Reuben. They're going to become part of the patriarchs, the twelve. Lord, y'all, my God. And then he turned around and said, Jacob was blind and he put his hands on right hand on Ephraim and put his left hand on, on Manasseh. And J scripture says, Joseph got upset. No, no. And Jacob blind, nearly blind said, I know what I'm doing. The younger would be the larger tribe. But the issue here was that God gave Joseph the double portion blessing of having two tribes instead of one. And then when you sit down in the 49th chapter and you read the blessings that were spoken over Joseph, incredible blessing was spoken over Joseph. And then the Lord spoke to me. He says that Jesus became the curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. So that means that the blessings that were upon Joseph, the bless now, sir, the blessings that was upon Ephraim, the blessings that were upon the twelve, the blessings that were upon Isaac, those blessings come upon us. The blessing of first fruits. Oh, man. We're about to hem this up. Proverbs 39.9 says, See, the issue with first fruits, if you look at it outside of worship unto God, you miss it. See, some of y'all, your argument is that you think that if you give God, if you release, some of you right now, you have, you, some of you right now, you're, the young lady was sharing her testimony. Some of you are in here right now, you are held captive in your mind regarding your money because you think you can take, do a better job with your money than God. And that you are the source of your own blessing. That you're the source of your own blessing. And that you, you, some of you feel like, I don't want to put the, the money in the preacher's hands. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you honor the authority that God has placed here, when you bring your tithe and offering before the Lord, your faith goes up to God. It comes into the house to bless the work, but your faith goes up to God. And it's your faith that is the currency of heaven that God advances your life through. Some of you, there's a real wrestling match there because you don't understand. You don't want to honor God. Basically, when you don't want to give, you know something? God don't need your money. In a sense, he'll raise up another tither to take your place. He's trying to get a blessing to you. He's not, not, in fact, he's not just trying to get a blessing to you. He's trying to get a blessing to your grandchildren, to your great-great-grandchildren, to your great. God wants to turn everything around regarding your family. God wants the future of your children, your grandchildren, to be better than anything that you have ever lived or walked through. He says, honor he says, <laughs> honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. That's Proverbs 3.9. Another translation says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. 
The issue is this. When you think about who God is, you want to esteem his worth and let your giving be a reflection of your worship unto him from your heart. And he says that if we do this, if we honor the Lord from our wealth and from the first of all our produce, the scripture says our first fruits, he says that he will fill our barns and he will also cause our vats to overflow. We're not in agriculture, but some of us are going to be in agriculture. But agriculture was the principal job, was the principal field. So basically what the Lord is saying is that what I will do if you honor me with your first fruits, your best, your best gift, I will cause I will multiply, I will increase your barns and I will cause you to overflow with oil, my God. The real issue is not money, it's honor. And it's interesting that in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, the 8th verse, he says, the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and all that you put your hands to he will bless you in the land which the lord gives you now i'm trying to figure this out what does that look like when god commands blessing on you no no y'all talk to me talk to me what does that look like what what does that mean for god to command a blessing on you can y'all picture that that's like saying uh, it's guaranteed. It's like God said, Toya, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I'm commanding blessing to come to you now. Come now. That's, that's the way when he says, I'm commanding. I'm commanding. I'm commanding blessing. He's saying, come, I, I, I mean, I want y'all to think about this. When God commands, all of heaven comes to attention. The Bible says that he is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the host. The Lord of the host. The Lord of the host. He is the Lord of the host. And when he commands blessing, it must land on you. It must land on you. But you got to release your faith to give him something to work with. <laughs> Woo! This last verse. Ezekiel, the 44th chapter, the 30th verse. Man, I looked at this scripture. It says, the best of all first fruits of any kind. Now, so that means that you don't bring God a one eye a one-eyed lamb. Something broke down. Something that, you know, it has no real significant value to you. But he says, the best of all first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priests. And you shall give the priests the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. See, what happens with first fruits, you, when you, you and I offer first fruits, when we give it to the priest, every year that means we consecrate the altar of our homes. We need to create altars to the Most High God that will serve as an airport for allowing God and his angels to land his blessings and promises upon. When we bring our first fruits at the beginning of the year, it's like reestablishing the altar 
If you tell me you have no altar, you do have an altar. If you don't have an altar unto God in your house, then I know you haven't, your altar is to the devil. It's no neutrality. You either have an altar to God or you have an altar to devils and demons. There's no neutrality. When you look in the spiritual realm, I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you look in the spiritual realm, I'm going to tell you something. Angels move when we confess and declare the word of the Lord. And when we start saying ugly things, demons are energized. Oh. Oh, my God. I know the Lord put the fear of God in me about saying stuff. <laughs> I never forget one time I, was, I did something I, I wasn't supposed to do and it had to do with money. And the Lord told me not to do it. And I was about to do it. And I had made up my mind. I hadn't said nothing to nobody. And the Lord came in my room. And the, man, when the angel of God's presence came in my room, I want to tell you something. There was a holy dread. There was a holy dread in me. There was a holy, oh my God, it was like the flesh was trying to come off my bones. And, and the contract that I, I had signed, it was caught up in, in the sky and torn to small pieces. And I woke up the next morning and I thought I had dreamed, only to find when I looked at the floor, oh my God. God is serious about money issues. But he says, I will cause a blessing to rest on your house to settle upon your house. When he says, when you know when the Lord says, because you give your first fruits, your, your contributions, he says, I will cause a blessing to rest upon your house. He's not just talking about your house. He's talking about your family. He's talking about your household. He will cause a blessing to permanently reside a tangible manifestation of his goodness descending upon your house. And said, he made this statement, and, and this, this is the thing I want to say. Some of us miss it. I have my tape recorder running. When I come up here and I bring my first fruits, Come on, saints. Y'all got to hear me. I got my tape record because I want to hear what word is being blessed. I want to hear the blessing because I want to repeat the blessing that was spoken. Now, some of you miss it because you think it has to be bishop. But if bishop releases its authority. And then what you need to do, I heard Bishop Hardin. He said, when you get home, he said, take, he said, take, he says, wave the blessing. Wave the gift, the, the representation of the gift before the Lord. You do it in your house. If you have an altar, if you have an altar, if you have an altar, if you've established an altar. And if you do it, come on, saints. And you begin to speak the word of the Lord because the earth is voice activated. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Although we may not think it, this wood has ears. This ground has ears. The cells in your body have ears. When we speak because we're made in his image. And we're sitting in heavenly places with him as co-creators with God. What flows out of our lips begin to occur. Some of you need to let the bitter waters that's inside of your spirit dissipate. So that there can be a pure flow. Some of you, the Lord has literally cut the power off your words so that you don't kill yourself and your family. That's his mercy. 
But one of the things I've been understanding, we are where we are because of what has come out of our mouths. We are where we are in life. The vision we have of our future, the vision you had of yourself last year is a manifestation of where you are now. Oh my God. So what I'm saying, when the bishop released the blessing, when he released the blessing, Lord have mercy, have your tape recorder out. Whenever one of his designees pray over you regarding your first fruits, have your recorder off, have your recorder on to record the word that's being spoken. And then when you get home, you walk through your house and you begin to bless your house. You begin to come together in prayer regarding your daughter. The Lord spoke to you. He spoke to you and showed you in, the, in that meeting, on that business meeting, that your first fruits has a voice in heaven. He, he spoke to you about your son. He spoke to you about your children. Now he wants to bring a blessing in her life. So you begin, you begin, both of you begin to, to settle whatever issues there are and come into firm agreement over the table of the Lord and begin to speak it, begin to speak it, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray and watch God move for your daughter in a way that you've never dreamed of. It's in the declaration. It's in the declaration. It's in the declaration. It's in your words. Oh, my God. I saw myself saying that to you, and I was hoping that she wasn't here. Oh. But not only should you bless you need to bless your enemies. He says, bless your enemies. Some of you, what's holding you back, you haven't blessed your enemies. He says, bless those that curse you, that despitefully use you. And I'm going to say this. If you have issues in your heart, Regarding somebody, this detox is about clearing your soul, your mind, will, and emotions so that your life becomes a landing strip for the blessing of God. Lord Jesus, I can't say that. So the, I, I, I wanted to say something about house. Why would God want to bless you with a house? Now, if you don't want a house, you don't have to. But even if you don't want one to live in, you might want one to rent to others. Come on, saints. The reason why God wants to bless you with a house, because he wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. So when those, when those bugs are crawling around in your house, it's your bugs. But because we're blessed, we won't have no bugs crawling around in there. The reason why God wants to bless you with the house is because it becomes a tool for blessing, for building wealth. The reason why God would bless you with the house because it allows you to leave an inheritance for your children. And then the word says in the book of Deuteronomy that he will fill the house with good things. With good things. I want to tell you, you know, I've had to deal with hope deferred. 
And sometimes, you, you, know, you know how you can tell you have hope deferred in you? Heart deferred. Because you get this laissez-faire attitude about prayer. You don't even want to pray. You go through the motions. Yeah, I don't pray. You sit in church, everybody worshiping God. You, <laughs> you know, because your heart is hurting. I'm going to tell you why our heart hurts. Thank you, sir. The reason why our hearts hurt is because we have been trying to determine how God answer the prayer. And many times our methods of telling God how he's going to answer the prayer. He has to fix the mess that we start, we build by what we've been trying to do to make it happen. I'm, I'm saying this because I, I, I remember some, some, some of the fix-up jobs I put together. And how, I, I mean, I, I just knew God was going to bless this way. And I remember I went into deep depression about that thing. It took me listening to Dennis Peacock talk about something that delivered me from my heart being broken because I had determined how God was going to do it. And because he did not do it the way I wanted him to do it, I, my heart was messed up. And some of y'all sitting in here, your heart is messed up because he didn't come through the way you wanted him to come through. But I'm telling you right now, he's a faithful God. He says, he says in his word, if you ask for anything in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He tells us in Mark, the 11th chapter, that whatsoever we sayeth, he does. He will do. What, I mean, he actually says that. Whatsoever you say, he will do. Then he turns around and says, well, things will be desired. When you pray, you believe, you receive it, you shall have it. So this first fruit season, I believe God wants us to have a party. And I believe God wants us, as we are bringing the first fruits in, he wants us to celebrate. He wants us to throw, man, I, I think when, Pastor Tiffany, I think when we get to uh, uh, April the 2nd, I think it is, oh my God, man, we, we need to throw down. We, we, we need to throw down. People need to walk in here, man, and say, wonder what's going on here. Because we're dancing and praising him from the beginning. I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that's absent in our lives, and I've been praying for it to come back in my life, is my joy. 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 Where we're just hilarious, bubbling over. I believe God wants to do that in this upcoming detox because the only thing that's holding the joy back are painful memories and hope deferred and loss. Job lost everything he had. But the scripture says God told him to pray for his friends who were the source of his pain and irritation during the trial. And the scripture says that after he prayed for his friends, you can't pray for people you haven't forgiven. He prayed for his friends. And the Bible says God gave him double everything he lost. Double! Say double. 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 And some of you, you are due a double blessing. Some of you are due. In fact, some of you have been, things have been stolen from you. 
We're talking about a sevenfold return. We're talking about a sevenfold return. Come on, saints. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I'm telling you right now, God, God sees, I wanna, this is how I want to close. God sees every trace of bitterness in our hearts. He sees the bitterness. He sees the bitter wars. He sees it. And for you to enter in to what God wants to do, your heart has to be free of all bitterness, of all offenses, of all bitterness, even bitterness towards God, even bitterness towards God. Let's stand.